What's going on? Welcome to Fit, Healthy, and Happy Podcast. I'm your host, Josh, here with my co-host. KG in the house. And uh, we still got some energy because we got some, uh, we said, hey, when we film these with coffee, they're a million times they're better. better. We're, we're alive, we're excited, you know, we're just sitting, drinking a coffee. I believe passionately that's how all podcasts should be filmed with the coffee. Yeah. 100% that's how it should be done. So, fun question. One of my clients was actually texting me. And they said that they're feeling pretty tired, but he's not sure if he wants to try coffee because he feels like he'll rely on it and get hooked on it. So this is a big question. Should you start drinking coffee if you don't? So oh, this is super interesting. So I personally believe, first and foremost, if you try coffee and you don't like it, you're not an anomaly. I don't think anyone likes coffee at first. Yeah. Coffee is one of those things where you drink it and you go, ugh, this is nasty. But... It's an acquired taste. Once you start drinking it more, you start to really like it. Like, I really enjoy a cup of coffee. Yeah. It is highlight of my day. Um, I remember Kyle, when we initially started getting all this kicking, he hated it. He never drank it. And then I guess here and there, like, bro, you just want one? And he's like, whatever. Yeah. And uh, the rest is history, right? And here we are. My life has never been the same. <laughs> <laughs> so personally, I really like it. Um, I find it's good. Yes, it will kind of impact your energy levels. And, you know, it does get your kind of caffeine up but a lot of studies have actually shown that coffee could be a really big contributor to heart health um blood pressure rates all these things that actually has been shown to be pretty positive to have a cup or two coffees in a day saying so if you don't have it and you don't want to be relying on it i really admire that because you know it can be a bit of a crutch you can be like oh i need caffeine and you can almost be a slave to it and that's why we listened to an audiobook back in the day the compound effect and he talked about trying to give up one of his vices either for a week or a month every here and there. Mm-hmm. So realistically, you know, you could taper off it for a week or a month. I'm not that strong. Yeah. Uh, to me, I enjoy it. I find I don't have a problem with it. I manage it. You know, I'll usually have one cup in the morning. I'll have a quarter scoop, a half a scoop of pre, and they'll have one or two cups at Starbucks, which is a pretty high level, but it's a level I'm comfortable with. My sleep is not being affected. I don't feel anxiety. I'm not getting sweaty. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I'm able to maintain. Um, and everyone's different, right? But, you know, especially, too, if you don't have it, you could try a cup a day, see how you feel. But if it's something you just want to avoid and you're proud that it's not part of your life and you don't care, that's fine, too. It's a very personal decision, but it's not like it's inherently bad for you. And you can always try to, I will try to minimize it sometimes, try to cut it to one a day, but I, oh, it man, keeps me There's going. something about it, like, it, it feels amazing just, like, literally waking up and having a cup of joe. It's that, just, that's it. And even, and, yeah, like, I feel like I can feel myself coming alive when yeah. I do it. When I'm working, <laughs> it, it helps me. With, it's productive. Me and Kyle used to always joke that coffee is for closers. Yeah. You know, it's a drink of champion. It, it's kind of funny, but even socially, it's, it's a very nice drink. It's no calories, essentially. I think it's like one or two calories um and it, it's just great and i guess if as random as this tangent yeah. is if you want to start drinking it load it with sugar and milk at first and then start and then to get rid down. of it i think i started with double double and then now i hate sugar i can't milk's okay but i'm getting closer to black i'd say i have probably half a milk in my coffee now not even one milk uh, americans are super weird a lot of places in the states they don't do milk no just, just cream, cream. So if you are doing that, make sure you're logging that because that's, that'll add up. It's like 60 to 100 yeah. calories a cup. We tell all our clients that because little things like that and then like all the sauces, that, that'll add up. But yeah, enough of, <laughs> enough so of coffee. There's their title, Should You Drink Coffee? Should you drink but, coffee? Uh, I'd love to do a pull or something, but that's not how podcasts work. So whatever. <laughs> okay, so our next question, and this is a fun one. Uh, it's tips for your first powerlifting meet. So we actually have a really good video on this. Um, 
definitely just search Colossus Fitness, how to win your first powerlifting meet. Yeah. That was the name of the series. We did a few videos, but maybe Kyle just wants to go through some quick tips. Oh, I'm trying to remember all of them. It's been a couple years since we've done it, but we've done quite a few competitions and did pretty well. I think we won all of them. There was one where I came second. Not proud about that, but it's all good. Um, let me see. Uh, you obviously want to make sure that... Ooh, I'm trying to think. Okay, powerlifting. I haven't been lifting. All right, I'll get it started. Yeah, here. you get it started. <laughs> so, um, obviously, I have a lot of clients, both online and in person, that do compete. Uh, so, if you want to do powerlifting meet, just go for it. That's my best advice. You know, run a proper program. So, obviously, you know, start your volume phase, build up your strength, and peak up those heavier numbers over time. Uh, but the main takeaway is make sure you know you have someone monitoring it. Um, powerlifting is very technical. So where a lot of my clients get confused, especially when I program with them, they're like, oh, today was easy. I had reps left in the tank. I could have added more weight, should I? And I always say that's not really how powerlifting works. Powerlifting, you'll usually train um, based off of RPE or percentage-based training. I like to use a mix of both. Usually I'll use, uh, yeah, a little bit of both, but percentage-based training to me is my favorite. So there's percentages for ranges of your PRs you should hit, and you have to be very technical about it. You're not always maxing out. You need to back off. Uh, you need to do adjusted volume. You need to do overloading volume. You need to do AMRAPs. It's very, very finicky and technical. So more than anything, have a good program, have good form. But pass out, don't be shy. It's a very um, supportive and good community. Mm -hmm. Get the mm -hmm. proper gear. Uh, knee sleeves, I recommend. I was very against them for a while. I'm like, oh, it's a headache. It's an extra thing to put on. But what a knee sleeve will do for you, and even people that squat light, I recommend them. Uh, yeah, it'll assist you a little bit, obviously, because of silicone. It'll help give you a little extra bounce. Uh, maybe, if anything, I'd say it'd give you 3 to 5%. There's my random number. But the reason I really like them is the same as a knee brace. What it does is it keeps your knee joint warm. If you know anything about the knee, the patella, it is a crazy, crazy area full of a million little intricacies. And the second you hurt your knee... You have a rough life ahead of you. Your knee is your baby. Treat those things like gold. And for me, if I'm squatting and I can keep the joint warm with that knee sleeve, joint um, warm and tight, it's usually how you protect it. If you think of warming up, that's what you're doing. You're literally warming up your body so everything's kind of good and supported. And a warm joint um, means it has some support, and that's how you're going to protect it. So make sure you have the right gear. Learn to use the belt. Learn about abdominal bracing. But just go for it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's not fun. as intense as like a physique thing so those are just some quick tips but more than anything watch the video it's specifically tailored to yeah this and question. one thing i'd say is uh when we were competing the amount of people we saw walk in there and fail on their first lift like you need to be smart oh, so obviously you have three lifts and your goal is to lift as much weight as possible so um for me personally it helped having josh look after me and say like because a lot of the times you want to lift as heavy as possible on the first time and a lot of people just failed because there's little different cues that would mess you up that you're not used to so make sure that your first lift is something that can get you on the scoreboard and number two make sure you really understand the cues because if you're just someone who lifts weights there's a big possibility that I, that you're not used to the pausing that they want you to do on the bench press or just the lockouts and stuff like that and it'll mess you up and this is one of my favorite stories um, we were practicing the cues so much so we wouldn't jump the gun. So every fed is different too, so don't just assume you know them. Make sure you listen. Uh, there's usually a rules meeting beforehand that helps, but you want to practice. So with the deadlift, we were in the hotel room the night before, me and Kyle, and I'm like, bro, let's just go through it in the air a little bit for our first meet. 
right? So with deadlift, basically there's a start command, they hold up their hand, you have a minute to go and actually do the lift, and there's a down command. So it's very simple, only two commands. You can't jump them. So sometimes people go down before yeah. um, or whatever. And then another rule is you can't drop it. So I say, Kyle, let's see it. So Kyle walks up, he goes, <laughs> gets all fired up, he grabs the bar, you know, mixed grip, lifts it up. I sit down, he goes, ah, and he drops it. <laughs> Even though it's the just the air, and we're, yeah. we're goofing around. It, it was just so funny because he looks so guilty after, like yeah. he jumped the command. But as silly as it is, the more you can practice it, the better. Um, and that's why, too, like my personal training clients get it the best because I'm there with them. Uh, and it's just super easy and it's nothing of concern. But more than anything, Kyle's first point, I really want to drill that home. You have three lifts. Your first one, just get on there. I There's so many people, other coaches people I know and they have their clients going like four for nine or three for nine at their first meet. Yeah, to me, that's just goofy. Uh, it makes no sense. First one, get on there. Second one, go 98 to like maybe a hundred, 102% depending on how you're peaking. And then the third one, it's up to you. If you want to do something, you know, you can hit, hit it. If you want to shoot for the stars, go for it. But there's no need to be like going three for nine or being goofy. And you know, I see people that have a great bench um, or sorry, they'll have a great bench and then it comes to squat and they have such a high weight they just fluke out because they missed their squat three times and that's just ridiculous to me because I'd rather just get my token and then if you want to shoot, start to shoot. There so, you go. That's a cool one. Great question. What are your top three exercises to add mass to the chest? Definitely the barbell bench press. I just feel like that's been a staple. Uh, what else do we got? Um, I'd say some type of fly, whatever it is. You know, Dumbbells are obviously, they've never done us poorly you could do a cable fly and then what else what else do we got here so thrash that sucker up uh i like pullovers pullovers, pullovers are, really are good. good i've been liking them lately i didn't they like help them your for split they help at the top um chest mass yeah you just want to go heavy just put some load on there incline barbell flat um, barbell dumbbell press is going to be the best um it's been shown to have the highest activation ratio um, when they tape someone up to a machine so if you want most muscular activation per se do some heavy dumbbell press it's isometric um sorry unilateral work so you're working each side independently right you don't have that bar where you can crutch one side so that'd be my number one dumbbell um, next up, um, just heavy, yeah, dumbbell flies with control, really nice and wide and extreme. And by heavy, I mean light, where you can do it properly yeah. before I go and get someone's chest ripped. So grab a lightweight, stretch it out like you're hugging, go to where you're comfortable, really get some good extension. And then, yeah, a definitely incline presses will help with that upper chest as well. But most chest exercises are awesome. That's why people like training it. It's a really fun muscle. Yeah, you can't, you really can't go wrong with any of them uh, as long as you make sure your form is correct. For the those of you, here's a quick plug. Search Colossus Fitness Form Guide um, or Form Playlist, and we have over 40 exercises right now to date teaching you how to do all of these exercises properly. Okay, this is a fun one. This is from another one of my clients, Ken. Uh, I'm not sure if I should DM this here and stuff from Alex Monday. Um, okay, sorry. So, yeah, what he said was uh, he's wondering how people like Nick Bear, this is another YouTuber, a person who we actually met up with in Texas recently, um, and I guess what he's doing is he's able to train his cardio system and powerlift at the same time. So I think he was doing a half marathon or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I think that. he did a full, actually. Oh, yeah. He just did an, an I saw some, some videos half, half. Oh, got you. So I guess he's doing a marathon and powerlifting. And, okay, so... 
these are two completely different goals. Uh, even the body, uh, it's kind of interesting, but studies were done. If you start with cardio, your body will kind of go into that mode to work that kind of fiber of muscle. Whereas if you get into heavy weights, your body will work there. So they are contradicting goals. Um, you can do it. You absolutely can do it. And I think the best answer is if you're going to do it, you a well, first and foremost, too, there's genetic freaks. There's people that can do a little bit more. They have a little more drive, a little more get, a little more go. And more than anything, the body is amazing. It will adapt to insane things. Like if you look at some people out in the world, it's really cool what the body will take as a new normal. Like if I just plop someone off the street into my life and my intensity, I'm sure they'd be broken in a heartbeat. And I'm sure if you grab me and slap me into some Olympic athlete's life, yeah. I would die in a heartbeat. Yeah. So there's always tears and um, different abilities of people but you slowly want to kind of reintroduce this volume except maybe that you won't excel in one thing so you're kind of going towards working at two different goals so for him he probably had to step back you know lower the weights a bit when he can lower the volume focus the running as well and it definitely can be done but it's just a bit of a paradigm shift and if it's something you want to do and you want to train both things like look at crossfit athletes you yeah. just got to learn how to taper and manage your volume accordingly yeah and you have to look at someone's background and where they came from and what they're used to because someone like this guy like obviously being in the military and serving and doing what he did for many years you know he had a lot of expertise with just constant weight training as well as like all the rucks and all the cardio so if you're not in that position you've definitely got to be able to build up and it's all a matter of where they came from and the volume that they've been able to introduce over time to be able to handle all of it beauty next question i find myself always hungry especially for sugary and carb loaded food around 2 to 4 p.m daily even though i'm eating about 450 to 500 calories for breakfast and for lunch do you guys have any recommendations so I can control my cravings better? Maybe add more calories to my meals. Normally, I consume about 1,400 total. So this individual concerns um, 1,400 total, and they'll finish about 1,000 early in the day, but they're still super hungry around 2 to 4. So first and foremost, I'd probably guess that this is nearing the end of your workday. Obviously, this is an assumption, but boredom is a huge role. When I'm bored, I got nothing going on. I'm mm-hmm. like, mm, I should eat something. I'm hungry. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know when you're so busy and you forget to eat, and you're like, oh shoot, right? So when you're bored, food is fun. There's so many good foods. Even Toronto here, we could get something from anywhere in the world, probably from a five minute drive. Like mm-hmm. it is absolutely insane. So a lot of that is going to be mental. Um, if it's past that, there's many factors. If you just came out of a big cut, um, it's sometimes the effect of being really deprived will stay with you mentally and you'll have that kind of vicious hunger kind of flow with you and it stays around. And if you have been in a deep deficit, that could be something. So a good way to kind of minimize that is A, um, I'm not sure if this individual is dieting right now or not, but assuming they are, which I mean, if they're at a lower calorie amount, Usually if you're a maintenance, you're not too hungry, you know, like you're making do, whatever. But the uh, easiest thing you do is do a quick diet break or carb refeeds. And what this, the purpose of this is to kind of replenish and refuel your hormones back to normal levels. So your, your satiety signaling will be better. Usually when you're deep in a diet, you know, your body just wants quick nourishment. So it'll want to reach for glycogen-dense, uh, sugary foods. And that's kind of what it's going to gun towards. So by taking advantage of these mechanisms to kind of better control your training, it can be a lot less painless. You might stretch it out a bit more and it will help limit these things. So... 
Could be that. It could be hunger. Could be many things. Um, I wouldn't necessarily add any more. It seems like you have a pretty good split. You can play with splits more. You could try fasting, skipping breakfast, doing a bigger lunch, having a bigger dinner. You could try six meals, eight meals. Really, what's best for you? Yeah. Um, meal frequency has been shown to be less important behind actual calorie consumption, uh, how much protein you're having, um, your actual split of carbs and fat, and then meal timing comes in last. It's a very small factor. So play and see where you feel the best. But now, as far as maybe let's. Let's give Kyle the task of three tips actually dealing with this hunger. If that's just the case and it's something you've tried everything else, you got to accept it. What are three yeah, things that if you, you do? If you're just, you know, you will, you will be hungry for sure if you're on a diet. That's something that a lot of people think shouldn't be happening. But for me personally, I found myself lately. Um, number one is, you know, I was absolutely craving chocolate covered almonds and I brought them into the house and I ended up eating so many of them. So one thing I did to switch it up was like, to be completely honest with you guys, because you're craving that sugary thing. I took dark chocolate because it doesn't taste nearly as good and I have that one piece of dark chocolate and maybe 50 or maybe 60 calories and then right there that's satisfied and then I was totally cool and good to go. So find something that doesn't have like, you know, it's not worth binging on but it it curves those cravings. So that's something that I did. Um, sparkling water is another thing that I'll always try to do. Like sparkling water, amino acids, because it's literally zero calories and it'll get you to the point where you're not consuming any calories, but it's filling you up and uh, curving those cravings. And on top of that, even just drinking water. Like a lot of times, like Josh was saying, you're bored, you're stressed, you're just you know wanting food for the sake of eating food. So if you're drinking water and you're realizing, okay, I'm not actually that hungry, then uh, that's probably a good thing and you can push it past. But even little things like cucumber or celery or pickles or whatever it is that are very low in calories you can push yourself to not want to eat right away and to push it longer and uh, curve those cravings yeah and another good tip too is look at actually the density of the food you're eating so perhaps let's say you're eating a burger for lunch bacon and eggs for breakfast mm -hmm. that's not much food volume I'm not saying that's what this person is eating but to apply it to everyone um, try to look for more volume dense foods if you're deep in a diet um, I always say like you know a thousand calories you know grab Big Mac you're about there and that's the smallest little burger. I could eat 10 of those things, I swear. They're so small. Um, but if I try to eat 1,000 calories of vegetables, yeah. oh my gosh, there's no way. I will be bloated. My stomach will be full. I will be stuffed, right? So by looking for foods that are actually more bang for the buck, so they actually contain more density, more fiber, more micronutrients, they're actually just bigger. Um, like, for instance, vegetables, whole grains, um, lean sources of meat, protein, things like that. That'll go a really long way. So you can experiment with what you're actually eating. Um, I'm always battling, you know, finding enough volume to where I feel good, but not too much where I feel soft and sluggish. So you always got to play with what you're eating and just, it's all about playing and learning what works best for you. There you go. Hopefully that helps. And that's about it for today. Uh, I ran through all the edge questions, all the best ones. Thank you so much for submitting those and for tuning in as always. Uh, you know, if anyone ever asks what's a good podcast, if you could just suggest um, our podcast, that means a lot. I've, we've seen a lot of people doing that and mentioning that they have over Instagram and stuff because I know people are always saying in their story, what's a good podcast I should listen to? And we're trying to get up there. We're trying to grow this sucker. It's coming up. It's getting bigger. And uh, we appreciate all of our amazing audience. It's a lot of fun filming these and kind of just talking through. Really like this format. Anything to add? Yeah, and if you post a screenshot or just in your Instagram story, you know, shout 
shouting us out or saying that you enjoy the episode or the podcast, we will absolutely share it onto our story. Uh, it would mean the world to us. It's just an easy way for all of your followers to realize that this is good content and they need to check it out. So make sure to subscribe if you haven't already, and we'll see you in the next podcast. Peace. Peace.